Go Buffalo Podcast, your new favorite podcast for everything Bills and Sabres. What's going on, everybody? You are listening to the Let's Go Buffalo Podcast, your favorite things for all things Bills and Sabres, your favorite podcast for all things Bills and Sabres, ay yeah, yeah. With the pals, Nigel, Tom, and Jake, episode 29 coming at you. Quick reminder to everybody to follow our social medias. That's at Let's Go Buff Pod, Buff with two Fs. You can find us on Instagram, X, TikTok, and YouTube. Let's say hello to the fellas. Tom, how are we doing, buddy? Dude, I'm splendid. It's great to see you guys. Look at us. I don't it's like we were just talking a minute ago while we we're prepping. I think it's been a while since we've had all three, all three talking heads on the screen. This is great. Yeah, for sure, dude. Yeah, it's been a minute. <laughs> Couple of busy guys there. Jake, how we doing? I'm good. Yeah, it's been too long. Happy to be back with you guys. Yeah, for sure, dude. Tom, what's up? Yeah. Nothing. Oh, it looked like you were gonna say something really important. No, I'm just really I, I mean generally I'd say things that are important, but no, I'm just really excited. Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't know about that one, but <laughs> <laughs> Should we uh, hop in here and have a have a beverage here, gentlemen? Yes, please. Let's do it. Here we go. Ready? Oh, wait a minute. Well, never mind. I'll do that in a minute. Ready? Three, two, one. Nice, dude. Jake, what were you so excited about? I I was just gonna. I, I wanted to do a quick cheers. I just said um, I had a really, really, really great weekend. Um, this this past weekend, just. Hanging out with friends and uh, doing really cool music stuff and hanging out with my wonderful girlfriend. Um, but I just wanted to shout out um, my friend Grace Serene and uh, her mates that are in Grace Serene and the Super Clean. It's a really awesome band based out of Rochester here. Um, they just celebrated their CD release show. So at some point here, um, yeah, I just want to give, give them a shout out because the album is unbelievable. I got to be a part yeah. of the weekend playing music, so it was super fun. But Dude, yeah, just awesome. a quick, quick shout out to my friends in that that, that group there because it was a uh, just an awesome weekend. Yeah, cheers, buddy. Yeah, absolutely, man. That's awesome. Yeah, I know. I saw pictures and stuff go by. I'm always sad that I'm a little too far for like to go see shows like that kind of thing in the middle of the, the school year. But uh, yeah, that's awesome, dude. That's, yeah, I love. That. No, it was sick. So place. anyway, um, Tom, what are you drinking? I'm having something new. I'm not usually a dark beer boy. But uh, I have a, uh, a zero-gravity Irish cream porter that I'm Ooh. actually really excited about. I've had, a, I've had a few here already this week, and they're tasty. I think I'm get, it's getting me ready for uh, to go find me Lucky, me lucky Charms this uh, next month. So Nice, dude. It sounds heavy. Is it heavy? Oh, yeah. Yeah, but quite. But it's good. Yeah. Like, I'm not okay. usually a heavy guy. I'm not usually, like, uh, ports and st- porters and stouters. Stouters. <laughs> porters and stouters. <laughs> like that. Stouters. Yeah. Yep. 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 That, tag that one. Um, <laughs> yes. It's quite delicious. Dude, zero gravity is so good. I They're know. so consistently good. I know. Like, I love everything they do. What are you drinking, Nige? Uh, dude. Labatt Blue Light. <laughs> Nice. Yeah, a little Sabres, Sabres logo though. on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, no. Yep, that was a fun one. Yeah, everybody knows that. Everybody knows that beer, dude. I'm not, not reinventing the wheel over here. <laughs> With hey. the Sabres branding too. Yeah, right. I'm going uh, up to Tom's neck of the woods for uh, it's Valley Craft Ales. You know it, Tom? Yeah. And yeah, we bought those together, pal. You remember or no? 
This, I was I was I was trying to to organically bring it up, but yeah, I do remember it behind them. <laughs> well, well, I just it into the conversation, so you're welcome. Well, anyways, this is this is a beer that uh, embodies myself. It's called Mountain Girl, and mm. it's malty, sweet, light roast, bread crust. So, <laughs> damn, dude. Yeah, that sounds good. A bread crust. I love that descriptor. That's awesome. I'm a crusty, a crusty mountain girl. That's that's one thing I am. <laughs> that is usually how I describe you as a crusty mountain girl. Yeah, absolutely. Delicious. <laughs> that's, well, that's... Uh, let's see. So first off, uh, sorry we missed you guys last week. We just uh, between the three of us, there there was too much going on, and we just weren't able to find a date to make it all happen. So I think up to that point, we've been perfect. But we've been pretty good. Um, it's, yeah, it's all good. It's all so, good how it goes. Off yeah. season is time to do it. So yeah, we deserve we deserve breaks too. That's right. We're worth it. Um, but yeah, so two weeks ago we covered the um, the defensive side of the football in terms of where we're at with guys that are still on the team and all that fun stuff and under contract and what the what the big needs are on each side of the ball. So, Tom, you want to uh, cue us up for? I would absolutely love to. We're going yeah. back to our assignment, folks. We um we're going if you remember us as a podcast, the Let's Go Buffalo podcast, we're trying to do our best to make a little grocery list of needs for Brandon Bean. Um, going through the roster, discussing who's on it, who is a free agent, um, who could possibly be on it, and we're trying to make ourselves a little bit of a to-do list. So we had a document that we were rocking through last week. We're gonna pull it back up again this week, except now we're highlighting all of our offensive side of the roster. So, um, we have each column, quarterback, running back, O-line, wide receiver, tight end. And you'll notice that the players in white are already signed to a contract. The players in yellow are um, free agents. And the players in gray are signed to futures deals. Now, just another friendly reminder um, that if you are listening to us, listening to us audio-wise, uh, come join us on YouTube so you can get the visuals of this. I think that will help quite a bit for this conversation. So, um. Boys, I think the logical place, well, before we start, actually, let's go over and you'll also notice the last column there has Bill's needs. These are what we uh, have so far identified as needs that are going to have to be uh, addressed in some capacity, either through the um, free agency or the draft. And we have DNs, D tackle, cornerback and safety. We don't have them ranked yet. Um, however, uh, we'll do that next week. Nigel and I will have a little bit of a powwow and figure that out together. So. Um, I think the logical place is to start quarterback, right? I think let's start here. Um, clearly, Josh Allen is signed to a, a, a huge, a mega bucko uh, contract. Kyle, Kyle Allen, our QB2, um, who thankfully we only saw do kneel downs, um, is a free agent. And then this uh, other player, Shane Bukeli, I'm not sure how to pronounce his last name, is, uh, is uh, signed to a futures deal. So, um, Jake, uh Looking at the Josh Allen um, um, stability, is there any concern, or what are your thoughts on what we should have there at Q? Is should we should we kind of be looking for somebody who can come in and make a big difference, or are we feeling okay? Like, what are your thoughts? I guess for me, yeah, keep it keep it consistent. You got your you got your stallion in Josh Allen, so have somebody behind him that you trust and is good in the room and can help out if needed. But I don't think it's a huge concern personally. Um, 
But it, it, I have one. Sorry, I have one general question for you guys, and then one quarterback specific question for you guys. The general question: Can you, real quick, in the NFL, what is, what does a future deal mean? Are they are they signed to a contract in the future? Like like, what do you mean by that? Or are they just the the Bills have the rights, they just don't have pen to paper yet? A futures deal is essentially what you just said. It's like generally have the rights. They are signed to essentially like a ticket to camp. Um, every every roster is going to balloon from 53 men to about 90 uh, for, for the offseason. And this is just the the NFL's, ways, NFL's way of saying, hey, we're going to sign you to a deal. It's not an actual that you're like you're signed to the roster. However, you essentially are allowed to come and spend the offseason with Buffalo in order to do all that offseason training and you have an essentially an invitation to camp and it's it's binding like like shane can't say you know what f this i'm not making this team i'm gonna go to the jets training training camp or anything like that it's it's binding he's a bill's he's bill's ownership yes okay got you got you thank you little little newbie cue to start us off yeah that was good so my thought there on on quarterback two is that we have been um, extremely lucky that Josh Allen is currently the record holder for the number of games started um, in a row. Now, I'm going to quickly look this up. Can you guys give me some over-unders? I'm, if you know it, Nige, don't say it, but do you guys have some over-unders of how many games uh, Josh Allen has started in a row? And he, I want you to know he has the league record. Let's. Um, I, I believe, I, I think I might know what the number is, or at least I'm close. So Jake, I'll pose this question. If if um, whoops, sorry, my Alexa's going off behind me for some reason. <laughs> maybe um, Alexa knows. Maybe, um, but let's see. So like a good fun over under for this one is like fifty three and a half, right? I think like sure. over under fifty three. Yeah. What do you think, Jake? Is that does has he started more or less? Uh, including playoffs. That does include playoffs. Includes playoffs. I'll go. Yeah, I think that that's probably around where I would have guessed. I'll say. Uh, from Nigel's line of you said fifty three, just based on the fact that he's the NFL record holder, I'll go over. But I, I no. would feel uncomfy if it got too much over. You, you should no, you should smash that over because it's eighty eight games in a row. Eighty eight. Um, yeah, that's. I mean, seasons on seasons that we have had Josh Allen start at quarterback, and knock on wood, like everybody out there who's listening to this, knock on any piece of uh, a tree that you can find, because holy cow, we need that to continue. Um, however, it just doesn't happen. There were, this is another fun over-under. How many quarterbacks would you guys say started a game in 2023? We Not all teams were as lucky and started only their starting quarterback. Many had to start backups. What's your number, do you think? 46. I'm going to say, I'm going to say like 103. <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, 66. Um, 66. <laughs> but still. Really high for some reason. Like that's a lot of quarterbacks. That's two per team, more than two per team. And we were on, we were dragging that average down with one. So um, I do think we need somebody who's got, I mean, and in the end, this, this team falls apart. The wheels fall off if Josh Allen's not part of it. Right. Yeah. Um, However, it would be real nice if it's not a, you know, a substantial injury that we have somebody who can come in and, and go, two and one in a three game stretch while Josh Allen needs to rest something, you know, like we need that. And I'm not sure if Kyle Allen's the guy, but I also don't know. I don't know. So anyway, um, I so, do see QB two as kind of a, Hey, this needs to be addressed in a smart way. 
So let's say Kyle Allen is willing and able to come back to Buffalo. Are you okay with that? Or do you prefer a new name to be in that second slot? Okay is the right word. I'm okay, okay. with it, but I'm not thrilled. I'm not excited because I just don't think he's the guy. He he can do a good job of being in the room with Josh. He's he and he and Josh are buddies. Like that's cool. But I don't think that uh I don't see Kyle Annals coming in and making a difference in a game. Yeah, it depends on what lens you look at it through for me. It's 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 I'll just kind of quickly reiterate what Tom just said, but yeah. It do I feel good if he comes on the field? No, but does he have other strengths? Yes, he's good in the room. He's got a great relationship with Josh Allen. And all that stuff does matter because at the end of the day, as the QB2, Kyle Allen's main job is to help and support Josh Allen in his preparation each week for an upcoming game. So, you know, but, you know, like Tom just said, in a three-game stretch, I, I don't even like our eyes to go two and one. You know, yeah. I don't yeah. think Kyle Allen's a very – dynamic quarterback in any capacity yeah so but you also don't have money to spend right Correct. so is kyle allen you're the best thing you could possibly get just because of the relationship with josh allen quite possibly i think that's probably a deeper dive in a later podcast but this is the first year of josh allen's mega deal hitting right where his salary just explodes i think that is correct I believe so. Yeah. We'll this will be yeah, we'll look into more on the contract specific stuff in the future, but yes, I believe yeah. so. Creates a little so, bit more of a squeeze. I would like to vote that we put it on the bill's needs because it needs to be addressed, but I think it's going to be addressed, so I don't think it's high on the list. Or should we just leave it off? Well, you can put it on there because it does have to be addressed 100%. Okay. Now, um before we move on to running back, any last minute thoughts or are we good? Um no, I'm good. Good here. All right. So running back on contract um, or signed to contract, the Bills have James Cook, Reggie Gilliam, Naheem Hines, and Darrington Evans. And then free agents include Ty Johnson, Latavius Murray, and Damian Harris. Looking at that room, Nigel, who is somebody that you're excited about that isn't named James Cook? Ty Johnson is the one for me that I would be the most excited about. I um, I thought he was a really good compliment. He fell off a little bit towards the end of the year, but like in the last like two thirds, maybe I felt like he came on pretty strong and um, was, was a really nice compliment to James Cook. I thought he was more athletic than um, Latavius Murray. And I thought he just offered a little bit more in terms of, you know, downhill needs as opposed to James Cook. Um, so of those guys on there not named James Cook, Ty Johnson is the guy that I get the most excited about. And looking at it on paper, it's kind of a weird-looking running back room right now. <laughs> Quite strange. Yeah, it is. It's goofy. <laughs> Quite strange. Yeah. A little bit of everything. I, Got the oldest yeah. guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, Latavius Murray, oldest guy in the league. Um, yeah, what it's kind of wild. Now – I think next week I have a couple moves here that I think the Bills should pursue, and I want to discuss with them next week because I'm not sure if today's the pod to do it. But um, I think we can all agree we're really excited for James Cook, that yeah. the guy showed everything we wanted him to show this past season, his ability to um, be the main ball carrier. The Bills gave him the ball more than they have a running back, a single running back in years. 
Um, and, and I think he did step up at the plate. He has deficiencies. He needs, he has several things he needs to figure out, include ball, ball security, <laughs> catching the darn ball when we need him to. Yeah. Yeah. Freaking. Yeah. He has to like just glue himself to the ball machine. The, um, and, but I'm excited about him. Can we, I think we, can we agree with that? Yeah, for yeah, sure. For sure. Do you think so? His role grew this year. Do you think it continues to grow next year, or do you think he's kind of where you want to see him usage wise? I think, yeah, I think he's right where he should be. Yeah, I don't think you want to use him any more than you did this year because then you enter like Derrick Henry territory, which is just an obscene amount of usage for a running back. Yeah, yeah. he's 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 not built like Derrick Henry either. Not even no. a little bit. <laughs> no, he's not even close. So yeah, I think about this is about his ceiling of usage. Right. We just I want to continue to see I want to continue to see him use it well and be efficient. And he can shore up some deficiencies that he had that like, like, he, like I said, like including the receiving game, like he's got to be able to take down a couple more balls when we need him to. Um, now. Other players here that I'm thinking we say thank you so much for your time, but we're going to see you later include the Tavius Murray and Damon Harris. Like, I don't see much there. They, they played a role. Latavius Murray played a leadership role um, this season. He was, I think he was a captain, which is amazing because he came in um, and was just his own, one and only year with the Bills. But he kind of fell off towards the end of the year, and I think that was an issue. And Damian Harris, unfortunately, had that neck injury early on in the season and then never returned. Uh, I say, I think we say, thank you so much for your time. Good luck. Yep, as, yeah, particularly Latavius Murray. You have to turn the page on Latavius Murray. He was 10 different kinds of useless. The second, for me, like, when Ty Johnson started to come on was kind of synonymous with Latavius Murray falling off. Um, and he was just a liability running the ball. So yeah. fun little first starts of the year, but definitely a guy I don't want to give any money to. Damian Harris, I mean... If he's willing to come back in another $1.5 million deal, you know, I'm okay with it. I think he's a good player when he's healthy, right? Yeah. That's the yeah. problem. Okay. He's never healthy. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, that's very but, true. Yeah. So, but but typically, you guys want to see three running backs on the Bills roster come September, yeah? Yes. Yeah, on the starting roster, like not even just in the stables on the practice squad. Now, the practice squad will have more. Like, that's where Ty Johnson came from, right? Mm -hmm. Like, he moved yeah. up partway through the year. Um, because of the Damian Harris injury. Um, but yeah, no, we want three. And I think right now, I think I think we should re-sign Ty Johnson. I think that'll be a move that I advocate next week. Um, that'll be re-sign Ty. Because also, I don't think it's going to be very much. Running back contracts are not huge. I think we can get Ty Johnson on a very reasonable deal. Um, and I think that's, that's going to be easy to do. And then we just need to find a third person who's going to kind of fill that Latavius Murray role, the bigger-bodied back who is, who's a good pass protector. Um like that's the, he Latavius Murray like he fit the role last season. He's just not going to be ready to fit the role this upcoming season. Realistically, do you see Ty Johnson as the two or the three running back? Uh, I want the, two. I I think he should be the three. Right. I I I would like for him to be the three. Um, I don't I don't know who you get to fill that spot. Excuse me, I just burped. Um, yeah, for me, I, Ty Johnson is a, is a three for me. But we'll see how that how that shakes out. Yeah, we'll see. So, uh, looking at the the fact that we have two of our who are uh, starting or not starting, but roster role um, running backs as free agents, I think running backs running back two and three is a need. Yeah, it is, and it, it will be addressed. But I can pretty much guarantee right now, 
running back will be the farthest down when we when we organize that list. Correct. For a multitude of reasons, and I agree with you. Yeah. But we'll talk about those next week, so tune in next time. <laughs> Just real quick, I haven't heard about Naheem Hines since his unfortunate jet ski accident. Is he is he slated to come back? Like what's what's going on with him? Have you heard he's, of anything? He's under contract. He I mean, on paper. A big contract. Yeah, way too big. Um, but on paper, yeah, he should be back, assuming he's healthy. I haven't heard exactly how he is, um, but should be back. Yeah. So I, I have thoughts, but I think it's for it's a next week and that's a next week move. So um let's move on to O line boys. This one's really exciting. Look at all that white. Look at that. Yep. All so much. Yeah, everybody except one that I want to resign. Um, so under contract, we have Deion Dawkins, Osiris Torrance, Spencer Brown, Connor McGovern, Mitch Morse, Ryan Bates, Ryan Vandemark, Alec Anderson, and Tommy Doyle. Uh, David Edwards is the one and only O-line free agent for the Buffalo Bills. And then under a future deal, uh, we have Kevin Jarvis and, uh, Richie Garage. Yes, sir. That's nice. That's, that's, that's a nice column. Especially considering how, I mean, honestly, we could be very impressed with how the Bills O-line performed last season. All five starters not only, like, started most games um, or every game this past season, they're coming back. So I think that's amazing. It'll be really nice going into an offseason knowing that year five offensive linemen are already slated to start. Like, or who those five starters are going to be is nice. Um and yeah, most of your depth is still signed as well, which is which is awesome. Um, David Edwards is, I'm with you, Tom. He's a guy I'd like to bring back. He he had a really important role um as the jumbo tight end on this team this year, which a jumbo tight end was it usually would just come in on um bigger formation packages, typically a run play, um, that kind of thing, just as an extra big body in there to move out, move defenders out of the way. But yeah, dude. I don't know. I it, it's the question is going to be the money, right? Like, could Ryan Bates fill that role? I think probably. So I don't think you need to spend a ton on this guy, but he. I would like to have him back. I don't think he was a big deal. I think he was one of the cheaper deals. Connor McGovern was the big the the guy who had the big deal, right? Um, so I don't think David Edwards is going to be all that expensive. And like you said, I agree. All the tight, jumbo tight end work. But he's also had considerable starting experience at guard. So like. As a as a depth guard guy, like I think that's in, invaluable. Well, and I think part of the conversation because yes, he was cheap this year, but it was a one year deal, right? He came in, proved value in columns X, Y, and Z. Now does that number go up because he's yeah. demonstrated what the, his worth to your team? True, but do other teams see that same worth? So you're right, totally. like that's right. That's the demand is what's going to drive up his his value. Yeah, um, and I'm not sure if he's going to be that high player. On the list that for... player is never going to be hugely expensive, but it's just a matter of how much you want to play. Right, that sort of gadget player. So, correct. And like you said, there's a bunch of players who are kind of further down the depth chart that have some kind of intrigue. Ryan Vandemark um, kind of flashed a little bit at tackle when he um, when he played in pre in pre. Oh, you muted there for a second, there, Tom. Yeah, he's still muted. You able to unmute yourself there, Schmitty? Oh, we lost Tom. Oh well, no, that's we'll okay. We'll yeah, I can on. I can jump in here. Um, but yeah, like a lot of the a lot of those tackles, right? Like Vandermark, Alec Anderson, Tommy Doyle, all super athletic guys. 
I don't know that they're going to be able to handle that um, jumbo tight end spot, but yeah, it's, it's an interesting conversation there for me. I would super love to have David Edwards be back, but you know, it's just going to be a question of what Brandon B wants to pay him. Yeah. Tom, you, you back with us, buddy? Not yet. Maybe. So yeah. Do, do you have any thoughts on any of the wide receiver stuff there, Jake? Do you, or offensive you, stuff. Oh, yeah. offensive. No, I, I just, it was such a, stabilizing force i think for the bills in the last season like they yeah. i think they, i think every player started every game if i remember that correctly well yeah, yeah. The, the five starters they were just i mean the, their health was it was that's, borderline impeccable so that's what that's why i meant the starters not not every player there yeah, yeah. no i know what you meant but yeah I, I mean i don't think that's really an area of concern run, run it back with those guys i i think i i was impressed with spencer brown i felt like he had something to prove coming into the season and he I think he held up his end of the bargain. Like I'm, I'm pretty happy with him on that line. Yeah. He's very clearly established himself as a serviceable starter um, with, I think a ceiling to grow into of potentially an above average, maybe even like elite right tackle. But yeah. when you, when you have athletic traits like that, dude, it's just, it's so crazy. It's he's, sick. And, yeah. and especially cause he's still on a rookie deal, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's huge to be having. Like we need contributors like him who are on rookie deals coming in and, and making a mark. So yeah. 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 I I'm sure. mentioned the other rookie deal there, Osiris Torrance. We've, we've given him his flowers on this podcast before, but he's, he, he was a great guard, right? Like yeah. he, he performed yeah. really well. Rookie. Yeah. A couple of little rookie, rookie wall moments in there, but I mean, now, to be expected when you, you start every single game for an NFL team in your first season. So, right. I'm yeah. excited for him to have a full off season, right? Like yep. that's yeah. gonna be big. I think he's gonna come in. He's gonna like like we said the um Spencer Brown. I think Osiris um Torrance's floor is a serviceable starter. I think that's his yeah. floor. And then he has some room to grow. That's great. I think if we had this conversation one year ago, uh, the offensive line is an area that we would have said this this might be need some some massaging a little bit to get the pieces oh, where they need to go, right? Like that, that's been an area. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like looking at this list, I don't even know if we draft somebody and we if we were to re-sign David Edwards and we were to draft somebody, I don't know if they make the roster, right? Yeah, it depends on what round, right? Like if you right if you invest a top four pick, like top four rounds, th- those players should ideally make your team. But I don't see us drafting offensive line in any of those spots. I don't either. So I'm not ready to put on a bill on a needs list. Do you? Are you guys? Um, nope. I'm good. Not putting that on the needs list. All right. Yeah. Well, are we ready for some controversy? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> okay. Wide receiver. Signed to contract. Stefan Diggs, Deontay Hardy, Khalil Shakir, and Justin Shorter. Free agents include Gabe Davis and Trent Sherfield. And then our future deals players include Andy Isabella, Tyrell Shavers, Brian Johnson, and KJ Hamler, a new addition to that uh, futures deals list. Um Nice. We're, it's the, there's a couple different hot tickets here. I actually see a couple hot, hot tickets. Where do you want to start? Yeah, and I'm I'm going to pick Gabe Davis just because I hate giving Stefan Diggs attention when he wants to be an obnoxious <laughs> diva. So I'll, I'm going to jump to Gabe Davis. Gabe, <laughs> your turn. Yeah, for me, obviously, Gabe Davis is a UFA. He's, he's probably one of the bigger conversation points in terms of the Bills offseason. Um, because Brandon Bean took a took a shot on having Gabe Davis in a wide receiver two role, and it didn't pan out, right? He's just too limited of a player in that role. I think Gabe, Gabe Davis is a 
real solid number three and an elite number four on someone's team. Um, but I just don't think it's in his wheelhouse to be a wide receiver two in the NFL. Um, so for Gabe Davis, man, I think like, I think there's probably going to be a team out there that will pay him, you know, north of 11 million, 12 million. And I just, that won't be the bills. Um, I wouldn't want to pay him more than like 8 million a season. And I think he's going to command a lot more than that. So for me, Gabe Davis is a, is very much a thank you for your time, but I, I'm not going to pay you what, what some other clown is going to pay you. Cause I don't think you're worth it. Basically. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm with you. Um, I think uh, to push back, the only thing that maybe is in Gabe, the possible re-signed Gabe Davis camp is that, and I'm going to bring this up again when we're looking at other replacements for Gabe Davis, because we clearly need to replace his role, is that this free agent class and the draft class is are both like historically good. Their free agents, um, uh, wide receiver free agents include um, Mike Evans, Michael Pittman, T. Higgins, um, Calvin Ridley, like a bunch of really big names, which doesn't usually happen, which so that will push a bunch of different players down the list, including Gabe Davis, of who's going to get the big money deals. And this wide receiver class in this rookie um, upcoming rookie draft, like it's it's incredibly deep. So there are going to be players who end up moving down that list a little bit who aren't going to get the big deal, who aren't going to get that twelve million dollar a year deal. And it's possible that Gabe doesn't, right? I, I agree with you. I, I was going to say $6 million when you said as, as much as eight. I, I think you know a three-year, $18 million deal would be beautiful for him. Of, I mean, honestly, let's give him the Deontay Hardy deal. <laughs> you know? Yeah, like, right. I know. That like, would be nice. Like, so I, I just think it's possible. I don't think it's going to happen. I think a team will look at his production and look at his usage and say, oh, he's behind Stefan Diggs and – um, we can use them and we can make that better. Like, I think he will, but I think it's definitely a possibility. And I think that's going to be a conversation that I'm going to, a conversation point that I'm going to continue to come back to as we're discussing wide receiver this offseason. Yeah, I see your train of thought there, Tom. And it's, it's a valid one for sure. I just, I think, I, I think I'd be, I'd be confident in assuming that somebody's going to pay him 14 million a year. To be, be. Their, to be the wide receiver too. Could not be. us. Not us. Yeah, we can't, be us. Can't we can't do that? Yeah. Nope. So, um. So knee, knee jerk reaction: wide receiver two, free agent or draft pick? Draft. I want it to be draft because, especially because we need to restock the cupboards, right? We need yep. a, we need a, we need to bring in a kid who's going to come in as a wide receiver too, but who could turn into what Stefan Diggs will was kind of his role will eventually vacate. Younger and cheaper. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I hope we get a free agent to because we're, we're going to need them, right? Trent, Trent Sherfield and Gabe Davis are, are two big bodied wide receivers. Justin Shorter is not it. So if anybody who's pounding the table, um, he's not. He's not going. I, I like him on the team, I suppose, but he will not. He's going to be that next Gabe Davis of like of a player that people want to see a bigger role. He's not going to be able to fill those shoes. Um, so we're going to need people. We're going to need bodies. But, um, yeah, I want it, I want it in the draft for sure. My my guess is it, it'll be a it'll be a high draft resource, um, and probably just bargain bin veterans. I agree. Yep. At the wide receiver position, that's my totally guess. Totally agree. 
Yep. How, so Khalil Shakir kind of he, he came alive towards the end of the season. Do you do you feel comfortable with him as your number three? I feel comfortable with him as my slot wide receiver. Yeah. And okay. I Sorry, I guess I some question is, is is number three is is the slot receiver typically your number three receiver or does it is it skill set based like I think it's better in the slot. I think it totally depends, and I th- and I think the other thing, like I think the way, especially for the Bills now, the way we need to phrase and think about that question is, um, who is going to be getting those targets, right? Who is the first target receiver? Because we've got we've got Dalton Kincaid now too, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, um, so so like ideally ideally for me, dude, like Stefan Diggs is your is your first option. Dalton Kincaid is your second, you know, then Khalil, Khalil Shakir and this, this new wide receiver can duke it out for the third option. So I don't know if I like saying first, second, third wide receiver. For me, it's what number option are you in this yeah. passing offense? Because Dalton Kincaid's a tight end, but I feel like he should be the second receiving option. Yes, please. Does that make yeah. sense, Jake? Yeah, to- totally. No, I, uh, yeah, I, I get that. I get that. Yep. So, so. Yeah. Now, um, looking at our futures deals, is there, Nigel, anybody on there you're kind of excited about? Because um, there's one or two on there that I'm at least curious about. KJ Hamler, dude. I think this is a super fun one. It's definitely fun to have on the practice squad on our futures deals. He was yeah. a prior first round pick, wasn't he? I believe he, he was definitely pretty high. I don't know. I don't think I, th- I want to say second round. Um, yeah, but KJ Hamler was a was an absolute monster at Penn State. Um, just an insanely, insanely, insanely fast wide receiver. Um, pretty decent. I was right, second round. Second round, yeah. Hell yeah, yeah dude. Fuck yes. Um, but yeah, so he's just a really he had a really good uh, productive college career. Very fast. Um, just been hampered by injuries early in his career. So there's um, no reason to take a flyer on him. It's a very, very, very low risk move. Um, but he's a guy that was a pretty high pick that I think has untapped potential for sure. Do you know I where agree. he came from? Um, the Broncos. Broncos. The Broncos. I think Andy Isabella is still intriguing. I know he was on the practice squad for most of the season. Um, so I and he didn't really quite break into the offense. So I'm just still excited about him because I think he's a fine player to have on the practice squad, right? Absolutely. I think, I think, he's, like, I think that's that's cool too. So yeah. Um for sure. Yeah, man. Do we do we want to talk about Steph right now or no? I don't yeah. think you do. I, I, I would I would love to. If you're willing to absolutely I'm willing to absolutely, absolutely so, we are. Yeah. So from my perspective, I'm not as dialed into the bills as you guys are, but but I've seen rumblings from people where oh these are the the hot takes for the offseason that you know, Steph Diggs gets gets off the roster or something like that, or his contract gets restructured, or he wants out for whatever reason, X, Y, and Z, that I don't personally believe, but I've seen it out there. I just want to know your guys' thoughts. Like, zero, zero to 100%, is he on the roster in the fall? What does that look like? What what would what would be the block to fall for him to be traded or, or cut or whatever it is? Tom, there you're, you're ready to roll. Let, let, it, there, let, it, let it rip. There is a 0% chance that he is not on the Bills roster for the next two seasons. And I can tell you why. It starts with M and ends with aliens of dollars. So, um, like, it's it's in it's north of $30 million this year of dead cat money if he was to be traded and or cut. 
Tom, what is, is Tom? What's dead cat money? Dead cat money is money. Oh, this is gonna be good. Dead cat money is money that is guaranteed to a player. So this is money that uh, of a an NFL team has their entire salary cap. It's well over two hundred million dollars right now, and each team has to allocate certain funds that are guaranteed to players and other funds that are not guaranteed but can still be paid. The guaranteed money is what ends up adding up to your salary cap number. And um, Stefan Diggs has a lot. He is entering, for anybody who can't remember, he's just re- he signed a, an extension about a year and a half ago. Well, he hasn't even started it yet until the 2024 season. So he has four more years he is freshly minted signs to. Um, and it's a big number. It's like four years, 96 million. Um, and we've already restructured it once. So we're now on to, we to do it twice is going to be a bad idea. Um, well, okay. That's a different, I'll get to that in a second. Um, could be, could happen. Um, but not a great idea, especially if they're thinking anybody's thinking that he could be off the menu. Um, the guy, he, no, he's here. Um, for a lot of reasons, including lots and lots of money to be, uh, essentially a penalized against the team this year and next in 2026 there's a possibility but it's still a big number of him if if we have money that would count us against the cap for not having him on the team that that's what i thought like i, I kind of assumed that going in but i thought i'd ask the question i'm sure it was just twitter trolls that i saw trying to stir shit up yeah. saying that he oh. might, be, might be off the team i don't know yeah it, it people are crazy yeah there's yeah. no way yeah. Plus, he has, he has, yes, he, he, the darn guy loves to be as just cryptic as possible in interviews and on social media. He has also, on interviews and social media within the last month, come out and said, Of course, I want to still want to retire a bill. I'm sick of people asking me these questions. Can we move on? Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. He's here. Naj, anything you want to add on, on Diggs? Hmm. <laughs> no pressure. I know you were. No, to, to yeah, go down that road. I just, I, I just, yeah. You want him to say better things, right? You want, you want him to like, like stop feeding into the bullshit. I understand that he's been asked the same question a hundred times, and he has tried to be honest, but like, I don't know, man. Like, just don't give anybody any, any fuel. Um, yeah. I, I don't know, dude. All that stuff that he said around the Pro Bowl, excuse me, really rubbed me the wrong way, mm. especially the way he played down the stretch. Yeah. Like there was, and any, anything he was asked, there was there was no, like, no acknowledgement of the fact that he essentially disappeared. Yeah. Right? His, his, like His best and biggest games were the first seven, eight weeks. Right? Like, I want to see, like, I'd like to be like, yeah, you know, like, am I going to be back? Hell yeah, I was, you know, I didn't do my job for this team down the stretch and there's unfinished business here. And part of it's my fault, right? Like where's that yeah. kind of accountability? That's a good point. I haven't thought yeah. about that. I've thought about that, but you're hundred percent right. We have not heard that from him. Yeah. And I don't know if, the, I don't know, maybe it's just something you don't hear from wide receiver ones, but I don't know, dude. I just, I wish that was, I wish that was more of what I was hearing come out of his mouth instead of like, you know, it sounds like a pity party in some ways. Like, oh, I don't know what's going to happen. You know, it's just <laughs> whatever. Just fucking catch the ball. Yeah. The Sorry. point being, he's 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 on the team. There's he's no on the team. That. He's going nowhere. We can't. And I'm, I'm I'm happy about that. That's that's the that's the scenario I'd 
want to be in this him on the team and and own that a little bit and, and perform the way he's paid to perform yes that everything you just said is best case scenario i want to believe that's going to happen and i'll stop right there <laughs> <laughs> all right I, so all that being said i think it means that wide receiver needs to go on the on the knees list yep and this will probably be the highest one for me when we when we rank them just because it so immediately influences your best player yeah so, I'm I'm with you. I'm excited for that debate because um, I have other other needs that I feel are also very high. But I, I, I also agree with you that wide receiver is, is the highest need. So I'm yeah. excited for that, for that next week. Cool. Last one. Next. Oh, wait. Tight ends. <laughs> um, our tight ends signed a contract include Dawson Knox, Dalton Kincaid and Zach Davidson. Quinton Morris is a free agent, and our future deals player is a single player, Trey McKitty. That's a great name, just as an aside. <laughs> it's pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good, pretty good, pretty good. Hi, yo, 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 yo. Q, so with Q Morris, real quick, his contract, aren't, don't we have like initial exclusive rights to him as well? I feel like I, I heard think this. He is like, the one player that we have, like, yeah, he's like a, a technically a restricted free agent. Yeah, so I think, and I would like to have Q Morris back, but I think he will be back. Um, I, I think so, especially for a tight end three, and he's been in the system. He's also not going to be in high demand, right? Like, no. the other teams aren't going to be scrambling to sign the guy, so I, I agree. I think he's going to be back. Yeah, I would love to have him back. I think he does his job really well for this team. Um, yeah, he's and he's cheap. He's going to be wicked cheap. So... How, how often was he so with Dawson Knox and Dalton Kincaid getting a lion's share of tight end snaps? How often was he involved last year? Is he more a special uh, special teams player? Is he yeah. a blocking tight end? But both of those just Spe special teams, um, jumbo package tight end player. He does both. He blocks well, but he'll leak out and you know run a route here and there to, and he'll have a couple catches a season. Like, and if like you're if yeah, you remember, but... Dawson Knox was on IR for like four weeks because he was he ended up having wrist surgery. So he he came in and he was uh, Dalton Kincaid moved up and was tight end one, and Quentin Morris was tight end two, right? And mm -hmm. especially an offense that was definitely supposed to be very much um, twelve personnel heavy, meaning two tight ends in the field. Um, I don't think they did it as much as they would have had um, uh, DK and DK been on the t on the t on the field together. But he came in and filled that role because that's what the offense was kind of designed to do. So he he, he had a stretch there that he was used quite a bit. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I think he's a good guy to keep around. Yeah. I, I yeah. All this to say though, this is not a position of need because Dalton Kincaid is going to be a top five tight end within six months or like twelve months, and Dawson Knox is paid a lot for the role that he's eventually going to be in, but he is still a good player. He blocks really well. He's very athletic. Um, I think he's a nice complement to what you get with Dalton Kincaid as an inline blocker, um, which is what Correct. you don't get from, from Kincaid. So, but like, I, I, I think Q Morris is going to be back. This position is, is pretty short up for me personally, but yeah, I bet they bring in another body in for camp, but Otherwise, I agree. Go ahead, yeah. Jake. I was just going to say, even if one of those guys goes down, like what happened with Austin Knox, you still have a, a legitimate tight end for your for your roster. It's, that position doesn't immediately become, oh, shit, who's our tight end, right? That's yeah, it's a good position to be in. Which it was in prior years with just Austin Knox at the top. Correct. For sure. Yeah, for sure. Yep.
Yeah. So well, no, this but this position is going to be just fine. Zach Zach Davidson and Trey McKitty are good. Um, they're just athletic potential. Like like those are guys on, the, on your roster where like they have really great traits, and you just kind of take a gamble on them. But both those guys do have significant traits in terms of their size and their athleticism. So good college players, both of them. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool guys. That's the whole team. Those are our needs. That's a lot of work. Yeah. Our needs right now, not in particular order. That's to be debated next week. Include defensive ends, defensive tackle, cornerback, safety, QB two, RB two and wide receiver. It's not as, it's a bigger list than I anticipated when we, Started this exercise. Yeah, there's a couple that I think will be short up fairly easily, including like quarterback, quarterback to white running back to cornerback. Honestly, like I don't think that's going to be super high. There's a couple that are going to need a lot of work. Um, Yep. But yeah, sick. I think that's enlightening doing this kind of analysis because, you know, you think, oh, man, we need a wide receiver. But when you look at the full roster and who's a free agent, who's who's leaving it does, it opens it up a little bit of oh shit we have a we have a little bit of a laundry list to go through here and i'm i'm sure every team has a different list but still a list kind of that long that they need to fill so yeah it's good. it's sure. uh, i'm i'm excited to hear your conversation next week uh ranking them and and what those might look like after the fact yeah no that'll be good tom and i can go toe to toe here yeah mano <laughs> y mano yeah mano and man mano and mano <laughs> Cool, Jake, boys. Do we want to do any conversing about our beloved Sabres? Probably a few uh, things we should touch on real quick. Yeah, sure. Let's 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 get into it a little bit. Uh, I mean, I think the, I think the, it's, I, we're not going to go into like the by game analysis or anything like that because it's been as as bleak as it has been all season. I think, but the big the big story that I saw come out recently was around the Sabres players themselves being a bit disgruntled with Buffalo fans, uh, feeling butthurt, for lack of a better term, about the fans booing them after the inevitable first goal that happens at home by the away team um, early on in the first period. It's, I mean, it's it's clockwork, right? Like, they're, they're going to get scored on first. They've done it all year, and they're such a shit team at home. I don't blame people that have been paying – the last 13 years for for Sabres tickets and then they go to the game and all of a sudden the you know the Anaheim Ducks for example to use the example today are on the board first like there's yeah. just it, it kind of goes back to what we've talked about before of not being ready to play right so uh, anyways this this the it kind of goes back to the there was a Columbus game where they got blown out and people were booing them rightfully so and there was another game. I forgot the actual game, but there was there were some some fire Donnie chants going on in the arena. And I, I saw it reported that there were some players that were pretty upset with that. And so from that point on, they stopped doing the salute to the fans after a win at home. And I, just some rumblings about the players being really unhappy about the fans. And but boy, that can come to a head real quick. And, to, and the, it goes back to the players saying they don't want to be booed for the, the for the failures of past players, past regimes, past coaches. And man, I just wanted to kind of throw that around a little bit because I think that is a immature response and putting the blame on fans when your team is not playing well. 
Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's there's that sting of the fact that we're going on year 13 is is always going to be there, right? Like you can't you can't wipe that out of the fans' brains. But that being said, we were all super we were we were all desperate to cheer them on this season in particular because I think pretty unanimously, well, unanimously as a fan base um, we were super uplifted by what we saw last year, right? So I think again, unanimously, as or close to it as a fan base, we were like we were desperate to be like, this is the year where we're all back in Key Bank Center screaming our faces off, right? But the product has taken three steps backwards. So like, yeah, for me, dude, like they're not booing past seasons; they're booing this season because you played like puppy shit yeah they've they've fallen the, the 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 hope was a playoff team the expectation was a playoff bubble team and what they're what they're giving is is they're 10 points out of a playoff spot and they've been 10 points out of a playoff spot for weeks now like it's they've they've fallen short of expectations and and hearing their comments like that makes it seem like they think they're in line with expectations and that is just a lie yeah. it's it's not there it's not there yeah, but there's there's flashes like they they beat the Kings seven nothing. There's flashes of of a really good team there, but they just struggle to put it together for sixty minutes every night, yeah. and that's just that's a hallmark of a team that is just gonna fall flat yep. every season every time if you, if you don't get it together. I um do have to shout out UPL. UPL has been it wasn't great today against Anaheim, but he's been I mean this last his last ten games like up there in terms of like top level goaltending like top six in the least he's, he's been great dude he's been, he's been so really good. good this year i i saw something uh, a quote about him uh that that devin levi coming in and being another young goalie that he's competing with put the fire under his ass and it shows he's he's played really well he's put work into his game and has really improved his game yeah so you got to hope that continues devin levi i think deserves a shout out a little bit like he I think he fell short of expectations this year, but I think those expectations were way too high. So lofty. And so, but he's gone down to Rochester and he's, he's helped that team win. He's been been dominant down there. So, I mean, he is a young, young goalie. He's got a lot of runway. And do I think they need better goaltending? Yes. But I don't think that that is a, you know, a, a black hole on the roster that, that, has no answer it's it's that's been the reason they've won games compared to last year where they won games in spite of the goaltending Mm -hmm. yeah and well um the trade deadline is march 8th this year so in the coming weeks here jake and i will um we'll have well well, and tom will be here too but we'll have a pod where we're mostly talking uh talking nhl trade deadline stuff and just maybe some things that jake and i are thinking for for the sabers here but yeah and then the only other thing that's probably worth mentioning here is uh, the Matthias Samuelson injury. He went down with surgery. Um, not didn't go down with surgery, but he had surgery. He's done for the year. Whatever. I just think the only thing for, for me here is the injury concerns with Matthias Samuelson continue to grow yeah. because he seems to have a hard time staying healthy. He does, yeah. I think he's somebody that you can count on for 50, 60 games in a season max. And mm-hmm. it is what it is, yeah. but the the defensive metrics of the team do struggle when he's out. I, he's he's an important piece of that roster. I'll say this too. 
Ryan Johnson looks unbelievable. I, I this is like a totally quick random aside, but with Sammy being down, I've noticed Ryan Johnson getting more playing time. He is he looks really good. But he's a staple. Staple him to a roster spot next year. Yeah. Um, I, there was so much time of will he sign, won't he sign? I'm really glad he signed. He's he's here. He sh- he should and I think will be a Buffalo Saber next year. Mm-hmm. Is that it for for Saber talk there, Jake? I think so. Yeah, just the the trade, like Nigel said, trade deadlines March eighth. So in about two and a half weeks, next week, Tom and Nigel will order some of the needs for the Bills roster and and break down where some of those needs will be addressed. And then the week after that, first week in March, we'll kind of go into a little bit more NHL heavy conversation around the trade deadline. Um, NHL trade deadline tip players typically uh, move before the actual trade deadline. So you might see some Sabres trades before then. We'll either break down what's already happened or what could happen in the few days leading up to the deadline. And uh, yeah, talk about the Sabres roster as it looks for the rest of the year. Sick. Tommy, take us out, bro. All right, friends. This is so much. This is so good. So thank you all so much from the bottom of our heart. And I want to get back on the screen here. Hey. Just one of our, just one of our heart. <laughs> just one of our hearts. I'm playing with buttons, guys. All right, let's try that again. Thank you all so so much from the bottom of our hearts for spending some time with us. It would mean a lot to us if you could please share this episode, give it a like wherever you can, the thumbs ups, the five stars, all those things. We we enjoy those. We like stickers and five stars of those. So please do. Um, and give us a follow on Instagram X and our freshly minted YouTube channel and TikTok at Let's Go Buff Pod with two Fs. These are my pals. That's Nigel. That's Jake. And my name is Tom. Um, and you're listening to the Let's Go Buffalo podcast. We're sending you love wherever you are. Go Bills. Go save. Go.